This podcast is brought to you by The Secret Wedding Band. Get your party off in the right note. For more info, contact The Secret Wedding Band today at www.thesecrets.ie or find us on Facebook. Broadcasting live from the little town of Clara County Offaly, it's What's the Story with Lloyd Bracken. Get in touch today through all our social channels and have your say. Oh, and thanks for listening. Now it's over to you, Lloyd. What's the story? Sweet 16, pretty queen, loves to date the boys, laughs and screams and giggles at every little noise, turns her head a little and turns her head a while, but we know she's only putting on the style of putting on the, on the style. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is episode 7, weeks are flying by, huge reaction to Rafina Rex podcast, so thanks very much for that, and thanks to John Lowe for his Man of the Match performance on that podcast as well. Right, my next guest, I would probably uh, need a week-long podcast to get through what we're supposed to get through, (laughs) it's an unusual one for me, and uh, it's also, I suppose, pretty safe to say that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my next guest. It's also fair to say, he's a local legend, it's my great pleasure to introduce my father, Paddy Bracken, what's the story? What's the story is right. <laughs> or 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 Daz, you're also not. <laughs> what do you want to be called? <laughs> Anything at all. Once it's not too early in the morning. Ah, uh, you've been called a lot worse. Since I it? got the pension. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give you some of your stats then, right? Yeah. Eighty two years old, forty four years in good bodies, sixty odd years in music, sixty years married, nine kids, one favourite, twenty nine grandkids, one great grandchild, and one heart bypass. Can't, but how did any have one bypass after all that? Well, I don't even want the end of my leg to sue the heart, so <laughs> they told me not to come back again. And then I asked them, what was the vein doing in my leg for a year? <laughs> They're trying to figure out that in James has ever since. <laughs> You're born and bred in Boland's Terrace um, to your parents, Joseph and Elizabeth Bracken. What comes to mind from those times in your childhood? Oh, great times. Yeah, the stones is next door. Six houses at the time was up for grabs. Yeah, uh, great times and great neighbours, yeah. yeah. Hurling on the road, playing football, no trucks, no cars on the road, nothing. Nice kind you of might see a bike, Joe Sheridan going to the town or something, wherever it's yeah. yeah. tell, me, tell me about your parents. Well, my father was a gardener in all his life, but he, before that, he worked in the minister's milkman there, milking the cows. He used to go down with him every Sunday. And give him a hand to bring them in. Sunday was the same as Monday with him. Had to keep going. There was seven of us at home. Yeah, great times, yeah. yeah. Great memories, yeah. And the bog, of course. Yeah. My mother came from Heitlemore, a grinning. Loads of twins in the family. Pat and Sam, Jack and Noel. Yeah, great, great, great family. Yeah. We used to love going in there at night. We'd be going down with my mother and we all kids to the terrace to visit Aunt Leal. Right. She lived to be 103. Wow. So yeah. there's, there's hope for you yet. <laughs> I let no bypass. <laughs> you said there was seven in your family. Um, sadly, I suppose uh, some of them are no longer with yeah. us, including Seamus, Anna, Susan and Reese. That's right. That was a busy house. What did you do to pass the time? Well, there was no radio at the time or no television. There was no nothing, actually. Only Dangelus, it was said, without the telly or anything like that. And Dean's, that was the big thing. They'd all stand up and my mother would be giving it out and half it through we'd all start laughing, That's as it. usual. <laughs> would you be reprimanded now for laughing oh, at the end of it? Sacrilege, yeah. <laughs> Esther was in the nursing home there in Dublin, yeah. You still visit her a lot? Visit her, not since this thing happened with the virus, like. Yeah. But I used to go up in the train, it was great, actually. And then I got the Lewis, and then I got the 40 bus out. I seen you one day in the train with dark glasses on, <laughs> the very same as Bono. <laughs> I'd have a headache some Monday mornings after an old play with Scally and drinking, so you wouldn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah, but your brother Joe uh, lived in Clara, but he's now living in Athlone. Athlone. Joe played with me for years in the bands, yeah. yeah. And Jerry Redmond, two of them there together. Yeah. It was great times. So. we get to the bands in a while, but yeah. like, what's it like to be the last person in Clara from your family? You're the last remaining... 
Yeah, no one around. Yeah, very sad. But then with the big family we have, sure, every day there's something, you know. But yeah. I still keep in contact with uh, all the nephews in England, John Bracken yeah. and, and uh, Alan and Anne, you know, I keep in touch with them. Yeah. Big extended family, you know. So I need to be in America then, Kevin's over there, the grandkids and Alan. Yeah. So I ring them nearly every week and ring them and yeah. then I hang up. <laughs> <laughs> and they ring me. <laughs> <laughs> You said uh, your childhood was a happy childhood. Yeah? Oh, yeah, great time. What about your school days? The school days, yeah. Brother today's Jim Gunley, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, it was good, but you'd be terrified of the monks. Like, would you? I would, yeah. Why? Brother Nicholas in the mall, yeah. I had a flag, is your life. Very stern. Oh, yeah, I remember one time he was showing, you know, just we wouldn't be anywhere. Only on the bogger from her. Brother today's was showing them Africa on the map up on the wall. Me and Jim Gunley was chatting. Bracken, come up and show me Africa now. <laughs> See, Africa is there. I put the painter up there and he took it off me straight across the back. Oh, he loved it, yeah. There were wicked times. Uh, Africa, we never heard, heard tell it. Like. Yeah. We still had great times as well. And it was brilliant monster mm. as well, yeah. What was Clara like back then compared to now? Ah, oh, jeez, it was great. The green field was great. to be carnivals coming. Piper's caravan, a, a carnival. Be bumping cars. And, uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, it was a great place. Yeah, Clara. Would you have money to go to these places, oh, the carnival? Very little. The wages are small. But sure, sure a few quid. Away with it, like. We'd be in Jimmy Sullivan's, me and Louis Keane and Tom Welch. Farron Maloney, all the boys, Brendan Kennedy. Then we'd head for the county ballroom in later years in Tullamore. Yeah, all for a few quid, yeah. Brilliant. We yeah. had a message in from uh, your, your nephew and godson, Tommy Rickard. <laughs> Tommy Rickard and Godson. He sends his best wishes. Uh, he said you let him drive for the first time ever in a Mark I Ford Cortina. <laughs> and he even remembered the rage of it. Do you remember the rage? No, I have five of them, I think. It was E-I-E-7-7. I never got paid. I never got time to pay for them. Exactly. <laughs> I were, used to change them. They were the repossessed. <laughs> He said other memories from Tommy was uh, up in the field in Erie with the ass and cart, oh, cutting timber. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he said he remembers sneaking out the back door in Church Street to go to gigs with you, and he said his father never knew. Never knew. <laughs> Tossy. Yeah. So he also added that you're a great uncle and said one of his best friends. So nice words from Tommy. I ring Tommy. Tommy rings me every week there. Yeah. And turns. And Lila. And I wish Jenna for a while. Yeah. Uh, we all want to know, where, where did you meet my mother? Well, where did you meet her? Well, Shane. <laughs> do you know what we do? We let Mammy tell us where, where you oh, met her. Shit. Right, Ma, I want to know the official story. So where did you meet? Ma and Dad were away at the time. And there was a, gla- a carnival in Glasson. So a couple of the girls were going and I decided I'd go as well. Little did I know that I was the end of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and 60 years later. 60, yeah, 60 years later. So you yeah. met in Glasson. What was yeah, that at? Like? Carnival. Marky was brilliant. There was your dad come down from Clara with Louis Keane and then a few of the lads. Uh, it was brilliant. I forget the name of the band now. Could have been Joe Dolan, I don't know. We got engaged um, about six months after. And then... We were to get married on Valentine's Day. And the only reason we couldn't get married on Valentine's Day because you could only get married then on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Right. So that was it. You know, so that was Valentine's Day gone. So what you did um, my granny and grandfather think of this dad coming out from Clara? Oh, did I? He was great. <laughs> yeah, my father in particular, because he used to sing Jim Reeves songs for him. So but what I was it like moving to Clara then? A big shock. But then we got a house in Marion Square and it was brilliant. You know, I had great neighbours there, you know. So after that then, Sandra was born then. And so that was a whole new life. Yeah. You know. So was it a happy 60 years? Oh, brilliant. Couldn't be better. Yeah. I did what I wanted to do and he did. That's why we're so long together. That's great advice. <laughs> so that was from my mother. So is that the truth, is it? Uh, yeah, most of it. Yeah. Good old time. Yeah. But she told me privately that she only went with you because you had a car. <laughs> she didn't see the car, though. <laughs> a Ford Anglia. I think she was after Joe Dolan down there, I think. So yeah. if you knew then at that carnival in Glasson that you'd eventually have nine kids and 29 grandkids, yeah. w- would you have went home early? I uh, was. Well, <laughs> 
Ah, great times, yeah. Louis Keenan and Tom Welsh, Brendan, we all go the same lads down to the carnival, into the pub and have a few drinks. We were all drinking small bottles of Guinness. Was uh, drink a big thing back then? Yeah, oh yeah, it's late now, the same crack, you know. When you got married in your first house, you moved to Marion Square. That's right. Tell us about that. Uh, it was great. Her house was up with the council, of course, council house. Um, Paddy Mara, I was a green, great friend of mine. Dennis Mara's Lord of Tomerson, two of them. I was asked Paddy, he rang Oliver J. Flanagan, although we were up around Fianna Fáil. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Paddy had a chat with him, said he was working with me and palling around. But, uh, so, Marion Square, good times, lots of good neighbours there, no? Oh, brilliant. The Malays, everyone. Everyone in general. Christy Collins, bonfire night, he'd be out playing the fiddle and the river at the back. Fishing, Johnny Mullins, Christy, down the river, fishing, everything. Mm-hmm. I love Marion Square. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You moved the house then a good few times <laughs> after that. Yeah, you for moved no down, reason. Just d- down to the green then you moved. Down to the green. Michael Egan built a bungalow there for some German guy. Mm. He didn't turn up. Right. So <laughs> I heard <laughs> You about. stepped in. Like stealing Joe Dolan's thunder down in glass and you stole the German, the German's thunder. So good times in the green as well. You had great neighbours everywhere oh, you went. Geez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hughes was unbelievable there. Mm. And Psyche Fleming and Margaret and yeah. Martin Malai lived beside us as well and the wife there. We had great times. Yeah, be out with Martin, you'd be getting ready for the parades and yeah. making stuff in the yard. Yeah, we had great times. Eventually then, uh, I suppose, Raheen and down to Church Street. Uh, Jackie Kennedy uh, says, what does it feel like to eventually become a Church Street Ranger? <laughs> Good, yeah. It's great again, yeah. Brilliant yeah. neighbours. But you're living in a very GEA house there. That's uh, Nihal true. Nihal Guinan. And Kathleen is first cousin of mine. As I know Carmel is listening to this. I just Listens right. every week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, first cousin of mine. So there's a chance that the house came up together to us, yeah. Carmel and her, the sister. Would you ever move again? For the chance. Ah, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> County home. <laughs> There's a big family of us in it, nine of us, as we said nine at the start, yes. Yeah? How did you keep us all out of trouble? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Oh, you were very good, I have to say, now, yeah. Yeah. You were great. You were like myself. You rented cars and motorbikes and everything, like. There was no real mess around. I never even thought it was your father because I used to be going around with you, you know. Yeah. Like, I'd yeah. be going around with Lorenz and. You know, and Ivan and yourself and going everywhere here and there. So you're saying you never grew up? No. (laughs) (laughs) We used to have some great times um, going up to Ackle years ago on the holidays. Oh, jeez, if you used to play in Ackle. Half a Clara would follow us up. Yeah, we were playing money up in um, Prosperous. And your mother came with us. I was with the sailors, Roman at the time, Pat McGuire and Damien Scally. And she was down chatting somewhere and they were from Ackle. And they said... I wonder would the lads come down and play a knackle. And then every year we play a knackle for a week that pours into a house there. And you all come down, everyone would come down. Half a clara. Later years, Tommy Murray would be down. And all. Shane Dunn. Shane Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Mark Minnock, Lord of Mercy. You know? Mark Minnock. Alan. used to bring everyone. And then actually we got to Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, they had cut friends on. Went out to Cleveland in two or three. We used to uh, play f- before Paddy Riley. Paddy was big at the time, the fields of Hatton, right? Yes. Brilliant. Great memories of Ackle. Yeah. A big part of your life, uh, I suppose, the biggest part of your life was working in Good Buddies Factory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us, about when did you start there? Well, I was going to tech and tell him more. My brother Seamus probably didn't. He was a carpenter, so he said, just get a trade for yourself. And I went in. I, I was a good old time in there, me and Miles Riley and Willie Nolan. He used to cycle with Willie every morning. No buses that time. Did the school? Oh, cheers up in the, uh, with the bike, push bikes. Right. Cycle in the hog hog of us. Willie, you'd have to get the paper first and read the horses. Oh, yeah, it was great in the time. And then my father came home on it and said it was a job going in the back room. And my mother wanted me to keep going to the tech, you know. Oh, it's just when I heard of this, I'm going into the factory. Was that the done thing back then? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just get working straight away, oh, was it? Oh, loads of work, yeah. That was the trouble. Because you're, really, you're only 15 or something. Yeah, get the wages. And back in, all the boys in the factory, Packy, Slammer, Sean Bracken. You know, all this, Jesus, unbelievable. Yeah. Great crack with the boys. Yeah. Every one of them nicknames and... Everyone telling this, that and that. Looking back, um, (laughs) did you ever regret leaving school earlier? Oh, no. No, never did. No, people worry now about school and college and the telly every night, forcing kids into be what they don't want to be. Mm. 
you know, uh, when they, they were playing it alone, you should let them just... Now, I'm not saying everyone should go to the factory like me, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, not to worry too much about it. Yeah. You get through life. Speaking of younger people listening, uh, what did you do in the... What did the factory make? Or tell us the steps. Well, they made bags and sacks and covers and printing more, a lot of uh, hired sacks for their corn to be trashing. And uh, they made all types of uh, materials, weaving. My mother worked on in the weaving, yeah. Uh, we had looms in the weaving. And uh, there was a man killed in the weaving, actually, that day. It was serious oh. stuff. Though. My mother was out of the factory, and I was born that night, 1939. I don't know. Yeah, and I was in the factory years after. And I, I got a box one day in the store, a big wooden box, and written on the bottom of it was the night he died, 1939. Imagine. And his name, and all. Never forget that. And I used to pal around with his son. Every, yeah. Yeah. So you went, you went to the factory at 15 or something? Yeah, 15, yeah. What was the wages like? <laughs> one pound, four shillings. I gave my mother the pound, kept the four shillings. Did and you? I didn't choose that. I had a pound gone off as well. <laughs> because you'd be going everywhere, you know. Yeah. Like, was the crack good in the factory? Oh, it was great. Where did you go it in the factory for the crack? Were you out for a fag? No, or you... up in the old house was the tile we called it the old house. The women's old house, the men's old house. It'd be packed. Yeah, first day you go in. Oh, it'd be unreal, like. You know, you'd be terrified the first day you went. Would it be a bit of slag in the room? Oh, jeez, it was great. It'd be a great crack, yeah. Mm. yeah. Tell us about some of the characters up there. Well, you know, oh, there was brilliant characters. Worked in the factory, you know. Very hard to name them all and mm. to single out some. Yeah. You know, but uh, Packy Slammon would be a great man. And Josie and me mm. would, then we... Was you there know, a story about you going shooting with Josie Slammon? We used to go down shooting... Hurslep every evening after work yeah. and Ada Morris Minor at the time jo- uh, Josie was living in the terrace Josie said to me I bought a great gun she is a brilliant gun this uh, when you call her four o'clock in the morning I called for Josie Josie came out with this gun couldn't get into the car had to leave the back window open running between the two front seats <laughs> John was sitting beside Josie me and Tom and Duffin in the back Drove up the wind and rain, couldn't days out of us, and this gun still out, couldn't up the window. And uh, got up to where we were going anyway. Josie left the gun in the car, and I said, Josie, I'm not bringing a new gun because it'd be brilliant, you know, for the deer, you know. It's not actually a gun, he said. Jack Rourke made it for me. It's a lump of piping. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim Grinham bought a handling. <laughs> we were only cutting it. <laughs> So you went shooting with a fake gun. So yeah. other characters in the factory then, that would have stood out to you? Well, we had Jimmy Cushing at the print and there. Of course, we had Davy Cavan, all the boys out of the bands as well was there. Yeah. Corinch, Jimmy Corinch. So yes, was the lads going from the band straight into work then? Straight into work, yeah. Seamus Willis, the often saw him getting out of the van. And Paddy Tracy. So at that time in your working <coughs> life, what would you be doing at the weekends then, going to the dances and stuff? Going to the dances and play always something on, you know. Yeah. Mark East was in the green, like with the big carnivals. Piper used to come there. I remember me and Willie Doherty then in later years, I would be with Willie. And uh, there was an armless wonder there, you had no arms. They used to play with young ways toes. It's a shilling to get in the sea. Did you pay the shilling? Willie used to be. <laughs> yeah, me and Willie have been watching. He was filling that, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he had it switched on, though. You know, I thought in later years. I heard somewhere before that you gave someone the fingers in the factory years ago. Oh, Jesus Is that true? Christ. Well, it was fierce snowy weather. This person was working on the machine, and a bag got stuck in it, and she put her hand into it and got her two fingers off. She was rushed away into the, the hospital. So I ran down. It was fierce frost and snow out. I ran down anyway and got, um, I don't know who it was, got the two fingers, and I got a jar in the canteen and put them into it and put snow in on top of it off the top of the car. That was good thinking. Yeah. I was watching too much television at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and flew to Telemore, nearly caught up and then gone in. And went in, the doctor was there and them all around. And I came in with this jar and told him I'd done this. So the manager then, we had a meeting and we're all at the meeting. He said, before we finish the meeting, I'd like to congratulate Paddy and thank him and 
He went, no, 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 on a boat, this thing about, you know. And I said, sure, what did I do when he gave her the fingers? <laughs> <laughs> and all the voices. <laughs> How did that go down? I ruined the whole job. <laughs> uh, just give me too much rest. <laughs> what, were the, what were the good buddies like to work for? Oh, they were very good, John. I mean, yeah, they did a lot for Karen. Yeah, Karen, that was early on, the good buddies. They were Quakers, right. and they were brilliant. Yeah. They were very, yeah, you'd be terrified of them, like Eric and all this, you know. Mm. They come in and roar and shout. They'd never call you be your first name, no. Wouldn't it? No, be Bracken and Fitzpatrick. And me and Charlie Fitzpatrick out of Green, they have the old pa- Charlie now, and Joe Mara. We were working on the printing, and we were trying out these brands, you know, we were putting paper on the cotton so as people could make sheets out of them after. Four bags would be a sheet. Everyone was sleeping on these bags, you know, and so ourselves. Okay. Four of them are lovely sheets. You could be sleeping on Hearts Delight written on it, or, or an ass and another one, or whatever they were advertising. We were there, and Charlie would be there with the arms folded. He was to take out the bags in under this big arm, and Eric could be sitting there waiting for it to come out, you know, he'd sit in an armchair, waiting for him to see the brand, was it right? He'd pass it, you know. And Charlie was carrying out a few, and he said to me, going, oh, geez, the sooner this, I won't say I goes home, the better. I'm sick looking at him here. He has me strangled. So Charlie said he'd leave him waiting then, and it was piling up, and Eric decided he'd go in, and he coming back, oh, he forgot the duck and split himself. <laughs> That'll keep him over there, no, says Charlie. He won't go in there anymore. <laughs> so you said there was factory excursions then, wasn't there? Factory excursions then to Galway. You paid it. We had a canteen there and all, and you paid in social club so much. And when you get the holidays then, everyone, all the women, years back now, yeah. years back, when we'd be all young, uh, we'd go to Galway, always in the factory excursion to pull in a big steam engine, yeah. you know. And Matt Fleming, uh, one of the, Matt Fleming's father, Matt now the green, and then, uh, Josie's father, Josie Meehan's father, he played accordion the whole way down to Galway. Wow. He was a brilliant musician. That's where the boys got, you know. Yeah. And he'd play Bill Fleming. He'd play the accordion down and packed with kids. They'd be babies now. Yeah. You know, and the, everyone would bring their family. This was the biggest excursion. You'd get a bus out to Salt Hill, but if you couldn't get the bus, you get, if you had a few quid extra, you'd get the sidecar. Which would be great. My mother and father would be sitting up in this. We'd be in the middle of it, a horse crop, horse trot. You know, it was brilliant time, yeah. you know. Great times. But you come back then early. Jacqueline and Noel would be at it now. And Mary would be trying to mother. The boys would be jarred, you know. And it's all hell. We'd be all waiting for them at the train, you know. The boys would come in. I a whole crowd of them, you know. Yeah. The older lads. Yeah. And, uh, so there'd be a carnival in the green, you know, the, in Salt Hill, the fair green in yes. the middle, Air Square. There'd be a big carnival there. There'd be ghost trains, swinging boats, chair plans. So we'd all come in from Salt Hill early to have a go at this stuff, you know. So me and Josie's lamb was there one day, and Josie said, we'll get into the ghost train. <laughs> I said, oh, Jesus, I won't get into the train. He said, it's a great crack. It's on tracks, you know. It was a big tent, and you go on the ring three or four times in it. You know, haunted house and all this. I got with Josie. Little buggy, like like a bumping car, but there was a seat behind as well. There was no one in it. Me and Josie was in this. There was other seats were full. We were going round. Just when we got halfway this ghost, a skeleton came out, rattling bone, lights in the top of his head and everything. Nearly got away acted over. Coming round the next time anyway, Josie knew where he was. He was coming down out the ceiling or out his tin. So just when we passed by, Josie put up his hand and pulled him down and put him into the seat behind us. <laughs> when the ghost train came round the last time, we had to jump out and fly for the train. <laughs> The ghost was in the back. That was great. In later years, then, in the factory, uh, <clears throat> was you were supervisor there for a long time? I, yeah, yeah. What was that like dealing with everyone? I got hungry with them, actually. Well, you'd have to have a bit of savvy, like. One lad, they'd want to go down to Bumunda morning to get a drink and Jimmy Rabbits. And he'd come over to you and, you know, you'd suck him out and let him off. Yeah. And then he'd want to know, was it all right if he took someone's bike? <laughs> <laughs> and then we know I was hanging from a dinner hour. 
and the ladder had a bike be outside we hadn't gone to his dinner you know but you'd have all that you'd meet them years after and I mentioned it to you the factory siren was famous around Clara wasn't oh, it or the horn you had to call it yeah Jeez, it was mega. Dinner time in the morning time? Well, if you're at home, before you go into the factory, everyone went to it. You'd be on the bog. It's one o'clock. It's six o'clock. You know, it's eight o'clock. Mm. The wind be that. People wouldn't have clocks or watches or mobile phones or nothing, you know. You just went be the horn in the factory. Mm. Yeah. How long did you uh, do in the factory? I was 40 years there, I think, or more, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Long time. Oh, Jesus, lifetime, yeah. Mm. I enjoyed it now. Did you? I loved it, I loved it. Mm. Yeah, I did. Playing the music at the same time. Yeah. I used to be asking you. And then there was a good few bands there. You know, there'd be Davy Candle, Speedy McCormick. There'd be all different lads with bands. Mm. Jerry Redmond would be playing with me. We wanted, we out last night, many nights, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a battle then for if someone was getting married, what band did Oh, you? yeah, how you'd, how you'd get going, yeah. Mm. Or would you get paid for it? You'll be playing a wedding that time for a tenor, like. Right. Yeah, I played it. People in Clara know, know if they were listening. That they know it. Yeah, it'd be a tenor for a wedding, like. And that'd be it. The money would be fair small, like. So you had eight euro on, didn't I? you? <laughs> <laughs> There's bands listening out here. <laughs> you finished up then. Was that an abrupt thing to finish in yeah, the country? Yeah, you see, and you people took it over. Right. And McCormick chap, he was manager there, you know. So he... Six of us one day was let go just in a flash. Eric Rolston, Lord of Mercy, and myself, an accountant from Athlone. But the worst of all was a fellow from England, your sales rep. He was told to come over. There was a meeting. He, thought he was getting her eyes. He told me. Oh, yeah, he was gone. Yeah. But then after that, they let him go one after another. Like, that was a huge thing to spend 40 years in a factory, a lot of friends and that. And then oh, just to be told, geez. as I remember that time well, yeah, you crack over up. lunchtime where you come home and said, that was it, I'm finished in the factory. Finished in the factory. Like, that was a huge... Oh. Yeah, walking around the house, down the bungalow there in the yeah. green, everyone going to work. Oh, jeez, it was a disaster, yeah. yeah. It was. Now, you know, it was a bad way of letting off people. Yeah. You know, it was six or seven was let off. No, no mercy. Right. Gone, you yeah. know, and the lads that was left after me, you know, they were let go on a bunch then, maybe two or three years after, or a year after. Oh, it was a curse to miss all your friends. You know, we used to have a great time in the factory. Yeah. Well, I mean, early on in life, there was the canteen, it was the Galway excursion, the canteen, film of a Wednesday night. We all chatting here, wanted to film. And Friday night, in a dance in the canteen. Morris Lynch from the north. All the bands down, the best of band. I, oh, it's a, bit, a big shock, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another big part of your life was your the entertainment business then. Like, you played with a lot of bands. Like, yeah. Firstly, how did you get into music? Well, we were chatting. Ian Eddie Rex was great in the factory, you know. And uh, the late Eddie Rex. And I don't say that about everyone. Because to me, I try and keep them. People don't understand. I try and keep them all, you know, still yeah. around, you know. And uh, Eddie said to me, we're starting a, a band with the lads, you know. That would be PJ and Niall, Aidan, uh, PJ and Niall, and Tommy. And Tommy Minnock's playing with us as well. He's playing guitar. Tommy O'Marion Square. Yeah. He's living in my house now, actually. Yeah. So I went down to Rex's house then. I was doing a bit of singing, and the boys was playing. She was the next thing we started getting vocals ringing. Eddie used to drive us. Five of us in the band. We were just singing at that time, or singing just in the band. Yeah, we played at Jim Connolly's wedding and the wife. Well, we started playing a good few weddings there. And uh, but yeah. like, had you any music in you before that, or just how? Did oh, you I s- was in score. Like, oh, yeah. like, we'll have a little listen to this. This is a, a good oh. friend of yours, actually, Michael Sheridan. Oh. And Michael, tell us a bit more about your debut. Yeah. Paddy made his debut with us in score. It was the most unusual ballad group that you'd ever pick. <laughs> Gabriel Cray was there with the accordion, Father and Jimmy Dunn on the vocals and Michael Pett. And we used to train over in the union rooms. The Transport Union had rooms there, meeting rooms, over where the houses are built now in front of the swimming pool. And there'd be great crack because fellas like Michael Pett wouldn't be used to the lads. They'd be walking gubbies and there'd be a great crack going on about different things. We were going one night anyway to the practice in the union room and I went to collect Father and Jimmy Dunn and then I had to go up to Kikorsi to collect Francie Tracy. 
Francie used to be always in Tom Newman's. So we were, he was coming out with Tom Newman's on a fierce dark night, no lights on the roads. And that was known as Badgerstown at that time. So anyway, we got Francie out and got me into the car. And Francie says, Mick, you changed your car since last week. No, I didn't, Francie. Oh, you didn't. The seats are much higher. Francie was standing up and was up in the back window. He was standing on the seat. <laughs> he couldn't see when he came out of the end. He stood up on the seat and he says, oh, no, it's much higher. And the boys started laughing. Francie, will you get down onto the ground? You're up sitting in the back window. But there was the cracks that went on. Your father, of course, is a man that travelled a lot of houses. And he's living in a very famous GA house now, as you say, Michal Ganyan. And Kathleen were great year people. Paddy was always very positive. He looked on the bright side of life. And I remember one time, Paddy went up to Dublin one time, way back years ago, and the time of the Teddy boys were in. He went up anyway, and he met cousins in Dublin, the Brennans. Of course, Paddy came back then, and the first time we seen him, I had danced the next day, he had on the drain pipes. A real light blue. And he still has them. <laughs> probably still. <laughs> but that was it. Paddy had... The drain pipes, because he was a, a big fan of the Elvis Presley's of that and the Jave and, and all that, and he was good at it. I know your father since he was going to school and around Clara and walking with him for years and good buddies. His famous start in football up in Flemings' Field and he had a run in with one of our senior players. He gave him a ball and because he didn't get it, Paddy said that ended his career. He that never went up anymore. Very short football a short, he had a short football career, <laughs> promising career, but cut very short. He wasn't able to take the hacking. <laughs> I don't know which is worse, the 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 trousers or the not able to take the hacking. <laughs> Have you still got them drain pipes? That was Mick Sheridan, a neighbour of yours now. great neighbour, yeah. I worked with Mick in the mechanic shop for years and years. Pat Stone's old Pat, young Pat was on the smuts. Of course, Angela is your barber. Angela cut the hair for, finally had the hair. <laughs> <laughs> See, your, your GEA career, that was fairly short. Martin Flattery ruined my career. That's Martin Flattery. Martin shouted at me, he was going to kill me. <laughs> we ended up the best of friends after. So uh, you played with uh, Francie Tracy and Gabriel Cray. Gabriel Cray, yeah. And he played at her wedding as well, Gabriel. Did yeah, he? that time there was no big bands like years, you know. No thousands or hundreds or anything. They had their dinner and that was it. <laughs> Myself and uh, Michael White were talking about a, a story with Gabriel Cray that you asked him to go up another octave on oh, the accordion. Oh, Tell Mick. us about that. Uh, we were doing, Mick Pad was at her doing college and all, you see, and we wouldn't be doing all that and just in the take for a week or two. Gabriel was there playing the accordion all, all his life, but just knew, pressed the buttons and had it, you know. And uh, Jimmy Dunn, we were doing Ireland's 32 and score and and uh, Mick called it off, started doing that. And he said, Gabriel, you may have come up an octave. And Gabriel looked at me, and I looked at Jimmy, and Jimmy looked back at me. I said, I think we'll take a break for a minute. And Gabriel called me, Paddy, I want to see him the title for a minute. <laughs> we went into the title. What's wrong? What's an octave, Paddy? <laughs> I haven't a clue. I said, I don't know what an octave. And what'll I do? He said you were to go up an octave. And when you come out, tell him you went up an octave. And he probably doesn't know either, you know. <laughs> so I gave her to come out. I went up and knocked with Mick. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and off we went. Oh, yeah. Mick you went on there from the Rexes then. Did you play with Eamon Dunn? And- uh, Eamon Dunn, the Midlanders, and yeah. Paddy Dunn. That's Bullet, Paddy, mm. I would agree. We had the best time with Eamon as well. I enjoyed all the boys playing with him yeah. down the year. But Eamon Dunn was a brilliant cardio player. Yeah. It's gas how it comes around that I'm playing with Eamon's yes. son now, Barry. Yeah, that's right. And you played years ago. Yeah. And I was out in America one day, and I was up at the bar, and I heard this fella calling out my name. And I looked up, and it was uh, here Stone was playing with the band. In America? In America, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. We had a great crack. So who was with Eamon? Who, who else was with you? Eamon and Paddy Dunn, the three of us, were playing. But I remember Colin Wickelson now. Is famous, you know, Colin Wickles in America, mm. but he played in the Lantern every fortnight. He played in the Tower Lounge as well, and uh, he was absolutely brilliant. One guitar, his little Vox amp, and uh, we were we used to play before him. So Colin Wickleson came in, and the Tower this night, and he had another fellow with him, and we were up at the bar, of course, as usual, me and him and, and Paddy. Had the gear set up, the drums and all, waiting. Uh, we'd played in for an hour or two, and then Paddy McCormick, the great footballer, 
owned it. We'd played there regularly. So this fellow would, Colin said to me, uh, is it all right if your man uses your drums? I said, yes, I don't think there's any about it. Well, I tell you, relax, Paddy. You know, so I said, Paddy, Colin wants to know, is it okay if your man plays your drums? Paddy said, I've no problem with that. So your man goes up and he's running around and getting them ready. And he comes back down. And he said to Paddy, you've only one cymbal. Yes, says Paddy, but you've no drums. You're not playing them. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not, you're not playing them. You're complaining about my drums. Where's your own? And Colin said, ah, oh, Paddy Lamb. No, he's not playing. And he never played him. He wouldn't have played him. Yeah, and he was right. Brilliant. You played a lot of other lads from Clara as well down to Ah, yes. I suppose everyone nearly. Speedy. Uh, Pat Trevor Cavanagh, Pat Hennis. Pat started off with me, you know. Did he? Actually, now the boys knows that, yeah. Pat Hennis. His mother asked me one day in a passing. Wow. Uh, Pat was in school. He said, if any hope you had taken Pat into the van, he's going mad to him with someone. Yeah. And I said, I will, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, I had several fellas played with me, yeah. Well, actually, speaking of Trevor Cavanagh and... Uh Pat Hennis, Lord yeah. of Mercy on him. There's, there's a bit of outstanding debt oh. I heard during the week. Yeah, Pat Hennis just attacks me. We'll hear a little oh, bit uh, from Trevor Cavanagh about this debt. Now, I'll get this cleared up. Some of my longest memories of him is that he owes Pat Hennis 17 and sixpence, <laughs> and he owes me seven and six. And that raises a couple of questions. Uh, why didn't we get paid? And why was Pat Hennis getting paid a lot more than I was? <laughs> So that's there's some outstanding debt there. Oh, there is. Yeah, well, if you consider I was only sixteen, maybe seventeen at the time, and add interest onto that for forty something years, yeah, could go into one of them tribunals. I first played with your dad, as I say, I was, I was about sixteen or seventeen, and it was one of the greatest experiences I ever had. I knew a few chords in different keys. Had he had a great. Uh, knack of he mightn't tell you the name of a song but he shouted it could have been the first night I was with him he shouted uh, it's a quick step lads in F now over the three major chords I knew there was F and C but I didn't know what the middle one was but by the time your man who the song was written about by the time he was executed or whatever happened to him I had discovered B flat Paddy one thing about him, like a lot of the musicians in Clara, he was great for giving younger lads a chance. So I could be there with John Roach, Pat Ennis, Paddy Horn, Joe Murray played with him for a long time. I was there and some of them. Then Joe played with him, Joe Bracken. It also gave me opportunities to get to play along with Billy Dagan. Yeah. Billy used to come along and sing uh, fairly regularly with your dad and to me Billy was I always rated the top three country singers in Ireland that's how good a country singer Billy was so I got by playing along with your dad I got an opportunity to play along with all these fellas as well i just like to remind you Lloyd to cherish what you're doing uh, on this podcast with your dad because I was very lucky to have got several opportunities to play on stage along with my father I really enjoyed it at the time but when time moves on and people move on then memories become even nicer and warmer and I was very lucky to be able to get on stage with him there was one thing about going to play along with Paddy Bracken you were always guaranteed of and that was a great laugh great crack so now that was Trevor nice words from Trevor Trevor. thank you very much Trevor what about this debt the debt Pahinus just attacks me that every time he'd see me well Trevor you owe me money for a gig in Tullamore in 1990 so don't feel too bad (laughs) like Um, there's too many names to mention that you played I know Matt McCormick there in Tullamore as well the sailors Martin Riley Martin Sailors Pat McGuire Damien Scally Tommy Stone and Brian Rowan Brian Rowan. It was with the sailors for 13 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. You travelled around with a bit with the sailors, didn't you? Everywhere. We were everywhere. We were in uh, New York. I were all over. Milwaukee. Played all over, yeah. Great crack. Indianapolis. Indy 500 twice. Yeah. And Nashville twice. 
Yeah. Few ten pound weddings as well. Few ten pound weddings in between. <laughs> yeah, them, I don't know how we got away. We even played in Niagara, Pat Don, Pat Maguire and Damien and myself in the hotel. Yeah, drove down from New York. Good old days. You mentioned Martin Riley there. Martin, Martin sent, a great friend, yeah. sent a little message into me. He said, what can I say about Paddy? A great friend and a great character. Yeah. Fantastic memories over the years. A great man for the yarns and stories. Never a dull night in Paddy's company. <laughs> Played many great nights together down through the years. Loads of stories. He's known by everyone and we were always the last to leave anywhere we went. I've enjoyed the past couple of years. Fantastic times at Paddy and hopefully we'll get to make a few more memories. And that's for Martin Riley. Well, man, Martin, great stuff. We had great yeah. times together, yeah. Martin. See, the thing about the music, you'd never want to fall out with anyone around because it's a sideline, sort of, as such. You're getting a few quid and all, mm. but you'd enjoy it, you know, and you have to, you know. Did the music ever become a job or? No, just once I was getting the pension, I didn't mind, you know. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of the pension, you did a few gigs in the nursing home. Were you ever worried that you'd be kept? <laughs> it was very hard to come out after. I was stopped several times. You were you just thinking leave. of the three meals. You can't leave, you can't leave. I'm playing with the man, but you can't leave. Brilliant. Trisha Duffy said to me, he said, oh, don't forget to ask your shit. father about Lourdes. Trish used to come in and she keeps shouting up at me all night, slagging me. I used to love it because I'd be shouting down. I was playing in Lourdes for 16 years in the hotels, believe it or not. And Trish and, and Lily Bracken, all the green and the doll would come in and we used to have a great crack. And one day Trish thought she was in the middle of the seat, but she was on the end of it and she shouted to make room for someone else. And then she was lying on her back on the floor. She was all bandaged up her ankle the next day. And we had a great laugh for her. But the next night she was coming in and I said, uh, Trish, don't forget to behind the safety belt when you sit down. <laughs> that didn't go down too well. <laughs> was there no miracle, uh, Trisha, in Lourdes? We never recovered. In all the years of winter. And uh, you were introduced to the Clara Music Hall of Fame a few oh, years ago. Don't make quite. Don't make was Trevor Cavanagh that organised that. Trevor Cavanagh. Yourself and Martin Riley. Martin Riley, yeah. What was that like to be recognised by fellow musicians? It was unreal, like. That was great because I wouldn't be into that, like, to be honest with you. Right. I, I, every part I'd be playing is just having the crack and chatting the boys up at the bar. I used to love playing with Paddy Flynn's. Tom uh, Fleming chap would come in and he used to tell great yarns, you know. And he was telling me one there one night, but uh, and I taught my father, my father bought an ass at Fleming's in Ballycomer. Uh, you managed a load of ass. Everyone bought an ass and Flemings and Ballycomer. So my father bought this ass. The Fleming man had always wanted to know after how the ass got on, the fallen. Was, was he good or was he bad? You know, he treated him like a human being, the asses. So my father got the ass anyone. Didn't see Fleming for about a year or two. He's passed him on there. Me and him going to Mort on the old bikes years back. And Tom Flemings, oh, Jesus, Joe, I was, I was looking out for you. I was going on to see you. How was you ever going on with the little ass I saw you? Jesus, my father said he was great on the ball, but he bite you now, you know. Oh, Jesus, he said. He would not. He would, yeah, he would bite. And, uh, but when he got loaded with the turf, he'd pull it out of the bog. There'd be no stopping him. He'd go straight out onto the main road. But I tell you, you'd want four to catch him in the morning. Oh, Jesus, Fleming, you would not. You would. And he'd kick you as well, he said. Now, Joe, before you go any farther, there was about 20 asses out in the field. See the ass there on the right? Grayson. That's the mother of the fall I saw, Joe. But oh, Jesus, <laughs> my father, he wouldn't know how you'd be talking. He was mad, he said, and about the ass. <laughs> Very good. Where would you hear it, folks? We're talking about music, then we end up talking about donkeys. Well. <laughs> You're still playing at 82. Oh, yes. Will you ever retire? Oh, no. Uh, who, who are you playing with now? Damien. With Damien Scully, years, with, between the sailors. and We were Scalbrack one time. Right. And then we were uh, one for the road. We were the sailors, the two of us, for a long time. Pat McGuire left because Pat had a farm and he was farming. He couldn't get away because I'd be ringing Damien. I'm going, to, I'm going over to Washington, D.C. Although I went to Washington with Pat McGuire after and Tom, his brother, and played there. Mm-hmm. So you said you're still with Damien. Let's have a little uh, word, Damien, word from Damien. Hi, Lloyd. <laughs> uh, Damien Scally here. Um, yeah, you asked me to say a few words about Paddy. What can I say? Uh, Paddy and I have had some fantastic years together playing music. We've been all over the place. He's one of the best guys I ever 
played with in the, in the music business. Um, we had some some terrific sort of times. And I said, a good friend, somebody there that would cover for you. Uh, we knew what, you know, both of us sort of, you know, taught the same thing. We went into a gig, you know, you do the same thing. And it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so the best of luck to Paddy. Thanks. <laughs> so that was Damien. Oh, still Damien. Damien. Damien's gone. <laughs> nice words there from Ah, Damien. cheers, great, yeah. They're all great, like pies in the business. You must be the oldest gigging musician out there, yeah? I'd say in Ireland at the moment, yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know, I probably am, yeah. I love it, actually. I love having the crack. Mm. I love going I love going in, putting up the gear and going over to the Hold bar. On, we have, we'll have to stop there now because yeah. you saying putting up gear no, well, that's the biggest lie you ever thought. <laughs> Damien. <laughs> Damien, if you're listening to this, and Pat Dunn as well, if you're listening to this. Pat Dunn is a great friend of mine as well. And Maggie played with him for mm. years, yeah. And over to the bar, me, Tommy Scandon, and me, Holly Bison, and I'm playing at home, or down in Cowns, or in the mill. And Frank had come over and we'd have the crack. And Dara Jimmy. Scully was telling me that it oh, used to cheers. be down in uh, Old Sam's or wherever it was at that oh, time, Derville's. Cheerful, and the two of you come in and you would have a pint and Pat would have half the gear up. <laughs> 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 you know what we do? We, you've recorded a few bits down through the years. I didn't know uh, we'll have a little listen to them now. Oh, Lord. The little town of Clara I'm longing for to see Sure there's not a spot in Ireland That's half so dear to me I recall the years I lived there Sure I never wore a frown Happy were my boyhood days On the streets of Clara Town Back across the ocean to my home far away It's nice to be returning but sad to have to say I'd like to find a way to beat the places at one time It's easy going back again but it's hard to say goodbye I have a cloud my eyes and picture the emerald of the fishing boats setting up to the shores of Dunedin. I miss the river Shannon and the folks at Skibbereen. The moorlands and the meadows and there's forty shades of green. But most of all I miss a girl. That's some tunes there from your multi-platinum uh, greatest hits, <laughs> 1969. <laughs> oh, John D. Mullingar. Nice to have them, though, isn't Patton, it? Ash was proud to have them, yeah. Did you ever yeah. want to be more famous than you are now? <laughs> oh, jeez, I wish I was famous. Well, tell us no. about your acting career. There's a lot of people there listening to well, uh, Declan writes. Declan rang me one night and he said, Paddy, we're doing a... A film called Pure Mule down in uh, Burr, and we want the fellow like yourself to sing a few songs, but now they'd have to be old songs. I said, That's mostly what I do. No problem to you. Yeah, so I said, Yeah, that's it. So, will you call down next Wednesday and bring the man to switch it? That was Pat Dunn. And we went down to the hotel there in uh, Burr and met all the cast. We were there for a week, me and Pat and because it was a great crack and the pub at night at the mall. They were finishing off. Pure Mule ran for... She has it ran. She was on again there. What was the other film you were in there? Uh, the Flag there. That was the latest one. Crime Line was there, wasn't it? <laughs> I missed Crime Line <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah, Pat Short and Young Rex again. Yeah. Fair play to him. There's a lot of people out there who doesn't know that your actual ambition in life <laughs> is to be on the Angeles at yeah. six o'clock. When Brian Cowan got in T-shirt, Brian said to me, Paddy, you're at the driving me when I was 15, when my father was running for the doll. I had no license to drive, and you drove me around Pola, everywhere. And he said, now you're driving again your car and bringing people down to vote. And I mean, if I get in, there was about 10 of them there to come in. If I get in, Paddy, 
what would you like me to get you? I'd love to be on Dangerous every evening. <laughs> and I was, I was serious about it. I could picture myself every evening coming up. So if there's anyone out there listening <laughs> want to get my father on the Angeles, he's heading for 83. You want to get there fairly fast. <laughs> Actually, speaking of um, Brian Cowan, we had a message from Barry Cowan in as well. Come on, Barry. Paddy Bracken is one of our legends, one of Clara's institutions, a great tonic for anyone when you meet him, a great positive outlook on life, epitomised by his energy, drive and passion for enjoyment and endless entertainment. We're all the better for his presence amongst us. That's Barry Cowan. Barry Cowan. Come on, Barry. Uh, you you would have been a good politician, actually, would you? I would, yeah. Uh, I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> we had another message in from a, another friend of yours, uh, T.R. Dallas. Oh, man, Tom. Have a listen to this. Paddy Bracken, the yeah. legend, unreal. Tom, you know him a long time. How, how many years? I think I was trying to think about that on the way down. Uh, just you know, it must be well over fifty, I'd say, anywhere. Fifty years. Yeah, some good times in that fifty years. We had always good times. We always had good times, and and sure, I I, I just I love his company, and uh, I'd ring Paddy and say that I'm going to do a concert in in Mallow or wherever I'd be going to or, and Paddy would come along with me and that would be fantastic we'd laugh all the way there and all the way back I'm not saying this because he's your dad and because he's my friend but he's a pure gent like he's a real gentleman I could take Paddy anywhere in the world with me and we have been in like from from France to Wales to Scotland we've been a, a lot of places together and all over Ireland and you could take Paddy anywhere because you'd know he wasn't going to offend or interfere or insult anybody he was just a legend in many, many ways. A great guy. Loves the music as we all do. He's in it as long as I am. Like, I know him over 50 years, as I said. And I think that, you know, I just enjoy his company so much. And he would be one of my best friends. He was an entertainer. He was an entertainer. And, I mean, you can be a brilliant singer, a brilliant musician. And we have loads of them around. But when it comes to entertaining, that's, that's the difference. And Paddy Bracken, uh, apart from being a singer, drummer, uh, he's an entertainer. Paddy had a word for everybody, you know, and uh, that's why he was so popular and he's still so popular. And, you know, uh, no matter where I'd still go, they'd say to me, and where's that man that was with you the last time, you know? And I'd say, oh, Jeannie Paddy, yeah, no, Paddy Bracken. He's still alive. Still <laughs> mad alive, absolutely mad alive. And I'm, I'm delighted for that too, yeah. And all I'd say to him is keep doing what you're doing, Paddy, because uh, it's been good to you up to now. And uh, he's read a fantastic family. Himself and Kathleen are, are two of the best people I know. And uh, they've raised a great family. And uh, the next generation are great as well. And uh, all I can say is I'm so happy to be a friend of Paddy Bracken's. That was nice from tea order. Uh, thanks very much, Sam. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Tom was on his way back down from uh, RT brilliant. actually the other day. Brilliant. I popped into us here in yeah. Raheen FM. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had one last message there from Simon Casey. Oh, man, Simon. Paddy, you're unreal. <laughs> A great support to all of us church mice back in the day. Thanks for the laughs, the advice, and our first tour bus, the garden shed on wheels, as Dustin called it. <laughs> Wishing you many more years of entertainment. Thanks, Simon. If, you, if you could rewind your life, if you had a remote, where would you rewind it back to? The same yeah. thing again, I'd do it. Yeah. I would. I'd, I'd just do the same thing again. Mm. But is there Actually, any part that you go, you'd like to just go back to for once? Or? Well, I don't, I don't think there's any, you know. I love the the old time was great now when the electricity came in when we had only a tilly lamp pumping it and and all that you know it was great great life as well you know to be able to talk about it and I remember it it be going down but I have to tell this one anyway about this uh, fella that had an open fire you know and the electricity was to getting it in in the house and uh, it was in the winter time you know. And he said he'd surprised the wife. He got the loan of an electric heater of a fellow at work. And he brought one, but he didn't tell her about it. And she said, it's a cold tonight. Why did you hear this now? He said, why did you see this? Why did you see this? He plugged it in anyway. The bar is lit up on it. And of course, the whole time she was looking at it, she was thinking, how much is this going to cost? Because everyone was talking about cost when they come in first. Yeah. No, this electricity will rob you. Switch off this, switch off that. So after two hours, she said, Jack, you know something? You'll have to pull out the plug on that. We won't be able to pay for it. She we're not going to pay for it. Why? I got the loan of it off a fellow at work. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we do a quick fire round. 
normally at the end of, of, of every <laughs> podcast. So we see how you get on. The first thing that goes into your mind, yeah. who is your favourite singer? Oh, sure, it has to be Damien Scully. Elvis or Roy Orbison? Roy Orbison. Best thing about Clara? The people. What actor would play you in a film? Groucho Marx. Favourite song to sing? The Streets of Clara Town. Favourite country you visited? I'll have to say England because all my family have worked over there and lived there. What was your first car? Uh, an Anglia. Joe Cullen bought it from me in Tallamore. I or 22 or something. The first movie I've ever seen? Uh, Hopalong Cassidy. Your favourite TV show? At the moment, mm, the news. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> Alive. <laughs> Did you ever write a song? No, for the reason. The reason I didn't. I really have to learn the ones I'm singing first, and then I drive one. But I have one, a little one, if you have time there. Well, yeah, we've, we've I, I didn't write it, but I taught it up yeah. years back. Yeah. Are you going be- to sing it? Or? I'll sing a bit of it, if you don't mind, or maybe we no, have time. No, I don't mind, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. right. Well, if you are feeling kind of sick, you want to get better very quick. This old dance will do the trick. Start doing the Clara Samba. You dance right round like a kangaroo till your legs go bandy. Wiggle and you wobble like a wobbling duck and the rhythm is really grandy. Now Mrs. Riley had a hen, laid an egg and a didn't leg it, so she gave it some Beecham's pill. Started doing the Clara Samba. You dance right Brown like a kangaroo till your legs go bandy. Wiggle and you wobble like a wobbling duck, and the rhythm is really grandy. Now things are going from bad to worse. Said old Samba is a course. The other night, Paddy Willie's horse started doing the Taurus Samba. You dance right round like a kangaroo till your legs go bandy. Wiggle and you wobble like a wobbling duck, and the rhythm is really grandy. Yeah. Very good. That's for Kevin and Alan over there in Brilliant. New York. Thank you. So you'll need another bypass after that. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're listening back to this in 20 years, and obviously you'll be probably still here anyway, <laughs> what advice would you give to the younger generation now? Be happy and don't do any harm to anyone and have the crack with everyone and have no enemies. Just enjoy life. Enjoy life as it comes. That's it. Money doesn't make that much difference, really. We had so many messages in on this podcast, um, but we had one, we know you have 29 grandkids. and 30. Well, 30, whatever I lost count after mine anyway. But, <laughs> but uh, a great we, grandchild. We had one, one question in from the States, uh, from Sophie, your great grandchild. So yeah. li- listen to this ah, now. Jesus. This is from Sophie, everybody. Hey, Patty. If you were stuck on an island with three things, what would you have? Thank you, Sophie, for that wonderful message about the desert island. What would I bring with me? I think at the moment, Sophie, I'll skip the desert island and I will make a wish for you and for everyone. A big wish for everyone that the virus will go away and we'll all live a normal life again. That's my wish to everyone listening. Thank you. Right. um, So, oh, yeah, the last one in, actually. Tammy Dunnigan in America. Ask me, would you wish Debbie Tracy a happy oh, birthday? Oh, I will. Debbie, I worked at you in the factory. You were a great girl. We never fell out. We had great times. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Debbie. Happy birthday to you. A girl. I got flashbacks of Marilyn Monroe singing <laughs> to the president. <laughs> Right, that's it. Is there anything you'd like me to ask you? Ah, uh, nothing much. No. Are you enjoying yourself in Raheen? Yeah. I know, I know I cottage you with the house. I know, and I kicked you out. But then. <laughs> <laughs> so we both call each other. <laughs> but are you settling in? Do you like the neighbours? You do? Yeah, great. Ah, yeah. they're brilliant. Lovely neighbours. Jerry yeah. Collins and Brady and yeah. the young lad next door. I wish them the best of luck. Yeah. And Ted Murphy and Eileen. They're brilliant. Great stuff. And everyone I know. <laughs> right, you'd have to say thanks very much for coming in to chat on the podcast. Ah, yeah, thanks everyone for ringing in the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, just want to thank you all for what you've done for everyone. And personally, for me down through the years with drumming and all that. And 
And You're Ryan, Ryan, I, I never mentioned this. Yeah, and uh, see, there's too many people to mention, yeah. I suppose. But thanks for the support all down through the years. Uh, so hopefully there's plenty of life in the old dog yet. Ah, no bother. Keep drumming, Ryan. And my mother as well. Oh, yeah. How are you, Kathleen? How's it going? <laughs> thanks very much. Here's to Ulster, Nine and all, Arma and from Donegal, to Cavan and to Derry and Tyrone. Here for Man of Monaghan down, to Ulster's puppet crown, to Ireland 32, it's all around. So here's to all Ireland undivided, to all young Irish men are true. The north, the south, the east, the west, they will be forever blessed, one for all and all for podcast is brought to you by The Secret Wedding Band. Get your party off in the right note. For more info, contact The Secret Wedding Band today at www.thesecrets.ie or find us on Facebook. You just listened to What's the Story with Lloyd Bracken. Check out all our social channels for info on new episodes. Oh, and thanks for listening. On the Town.